0: is the art of masculinity with your host Johnny Belsassin. Hey everyone. Today's episode is featuring Dr. Kelly Brogan. She is a holistic psychiatrist, author of the New York Times best-selling book A Mind of Your Own. Own Yourself, The Children's Book, A Time for Rain, and co-editor of the landmark textbook, Integrative Therapies for Depression. She is the founder of the online healing program Vital Mind Reset and the membership community Vital Life Project. She completed her psychiatric training and fellowship at NYU Medical Center after graduating from Cornell University Medical College and has a BS from MIT in systems neuroscience She is specialized in root cause resolution approach to psychiatric syndromes and symptoms. Man, this is probably one of my favorite episodes on the show because we dive into a lot of the psychology behind masculinity, where it is today in society, and the integration between masculinity and femininity in today's society for men and for women to understand. So, I know you guys are going to enjoy this episode. Kelly brings the heat, as she always does, an incredibly intelligent human being and just laying down all kinds of great information for us on this episode of the show. So enjoy, and I'll see you guys around the corner. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Art of Masculinity. We have Kelly Brogan on with us today. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. Happy to be here.
0: I love the hardwood background you got going on right now. Where are you at?
2: I'm in a, a office pod in my backyard in Miami.
0: Oh, oh, in Miami, that's definitely not like what I would picture for a Miami background. I know, right? It's
2: like a northeastern kind of rustic feel. But yeah, no, I'm looking at like lots of palm trees and jungle.
0: <laughs> I was, I thought you were about ready to be like, oh, I'm in the mountains of Wyoming right now, <laughs> just like hiding away. You'll never
2: find me there. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> oh, so good, so good. Well. Before we kick off, I love to run everybody through the manly round, even the women that come on the show. Are you ready to kickstart with the manly round?
2: Yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's
0: <different>, I think, <laughs> I think oh, it's pretty easy. It's nothing crazy. Uh, but it's a fun way for the community to get to know you a little bit and maybe in a different way than they've seen you before. If they've heard you speaking on some of the other shows or on YouTube or anything like that. So, All right. Your first question, what is your spirit animal and why?
2: It is an alligator, you like how I had this one right in the pocket? Um, it's an alligator. Wow. And why I was I was essentially assigned it and it just seemed perfect because there, first of all, is something about, I'm Italian Irish and there is something about the tropics and where I live right now that feels like where I belong. And that is ancestrally inexplicable considering my heritage. Um, so <laughs> maybe there's that aspect. And then there's also the contact that I, I think I've been charged with making in this lifetime with my dark energy, you know, my, specifically my dark feminine energy and dark masculine energy. And a lot of that obviously is embodied and represented. in, you know, it's kind of like fierce reptile, um, that ultimately I, I understand is quite docile, um, when you actually yeah. know them.
0: Yeah. They're, they they do not really mess around with you unless they're really, they really need to. And, uh, you know, they have also 2,500 pounds of pressure coming down on their Mm -hmm. mouth and then going up they have like no strength it's really wild
1: amazing
0: (laughs) really wild i know really random facts about animals i spent too much time (laughs) in the middle east watching national geographic so uh, that was my pastime that in the gyms so um all right your next question is uh, what song whenever you have to, whenever you hear it, no matter where you are, so you could be surrounded by like a million people out in public. If this song comes on, you actually have to start singing out loud with.
2: Oh wow. So I have a, a playlist that me and my daughters maintain. We call it it's the belt it playlist. It's like the songs like that. <laughs> and I think it would probably be Adele, like maybe hello.
0: Oh, wow, you're going big. <laughs> oh, like, man. You know, we
2: spent, and it's so funny because, you know, I have like tweens, right? And they're really into 90s culture, which is just sort of cyclically how it works. Like I, we were when I was, you know, in high school, I was like really into like classic rock and like my parents sort of teens, 20s interests. And so they're really into like 90s stuff. And we just traveled together in Asheville. And the whole time we just were like singing in the car, all of these like 90s jams which I didn't even know I felt passionately about singing along to. So maybe there's many answers to this question.
0: Well, we'll stick with Adele because that is big and it's the first time on here because I don't know many dudes that are going to be like, yeah, I'm going to bust it. Like we all love Adele. Like we'll all admit that, but holy crap, are we not belting out Adele out in public? Like, (laughs) oh, so good. I love that. All right. Your last question is, so at this point you'd be able to time travel or you could stay in the present moment, but you have to pick somebody that's well-known to relatively everybody around the world. So if you could pick one well-known person, you could travel in time, so it could be somebody in the past, who would you prank? And if you know a prank, what would it be?
1: Oh my Lord.
0: (laughs) This is a fun one. This stumps a lot of people.
2: I know. It's like a multi-layered question. Oh wow. I mean, probably Alan Watts. <laughs> and what would I do to prank him? He seems pretty easy to to fuck with. Like he like he, like he would like his got a great sense of humor and find something funny. I think I would just show up in his bed one morning and tell him that I'm his wife. <laughs> it would work out for both of us. Fun for him and great for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely epic. And Alan Watts would be a great one to prank. He'd handle it very well too. I think mm-hmm. he'd, he'd be pretty fun about it. Um, That's a good one. I like that. I listen to Alan Watts a lot. So that's really funny. Love him. Uh, yeah. Well, that was it. That was the manly round. You, you came out unscathed. I love it. You did a great job. We don't have to shut off the podcast. We're right. good.
1: <laughs> On to level
0: two. On to level two. Yeah. So um you know everybody heard the intro coming into here but I want to give everybody a little bit more in depth background about where you came from and how you came down this path of your books but also kind of this holistic approach um you know bucking the societal norms of pharmacology and medicine.
2: Yeah, I mean it's um it's pretty much the same story as any physician who has gone rogue. You know, we do so because <laughs> We have an experience ourselves of dissonance with the system that we have otherwise dedicated ourselves to supporting and purveying and um, really infusing with our, our life force energy. So you know, my glass ceiling that I bumped up against was when I received my first diagnosis. So I had never, ever been conscious of my health, what I was eating, my stress levels. like none of that was even. I was super, super conventional person. And uh, I was raised second generation, my mom's Italian. And I think a lot of us in second generation, you know, sort of households, like we just are, we just embrace everything Americana, right? It's like everything that is the, the, you know, orthodoxy, yes, please. So I was, you know, my mom is like, this incredible Tuscan chef, you know, and we had like Coca-Cola and Oreos and all the things in the house. And I became like a junk food addict and, um, and I've always been thin. So I didn't have that disincentive, mm. you know, to trash my body and, and treat myself like, you know, a shitty rental car. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't until I was diagnosed, uh, which was postpartum, my first pregnancy, about 10 months postpartum, mm.
1: with
2: uh, an autoimmune condition, um, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, that, um, and interestingly, since we're, you know, speaking to a largely male audience, which I, I love, Uh, my brother and my father uh, at the time that I was diagnosed also became interested and they themselves were diagnosed. uh, So it's typically thought of as like a women's uh, illness. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's probably far more epidemic, if you will, um, than, you know, we're led to believe and why, you know, spiritually, um, or if you want to say psychophysiologically, you know, this is the, it's the throat chakra, right? Like, so this is your expression, your truth, like, Go big or go home. You're gonna you're gonna say it or are you gonna shrink? Um, mm. and then, you know, there's also I don't I no longer believe that the body attacks itself. I don't believe the body makes any mistakes ever. Um, so there are different theories about what that autoimmunity even is about um, why is the tissue being destroyed, and you know this is really the thyroid is really like the canary in the coal mine, right? So it's it's one of the glands that can show you you're living wrong, right? Because you're drinking fluoride, and there are all these you know chemicals in your processed food. Um, you are nutrient depleted. You are dehydrated. Um, you are running your adrenals into the ground. You know through your stress addiction. So you know there are many explanations beyond just like your body, you know, messed up and is now attacking itself. So for me, this diagnosis, it was a fork in the road. I knew that I could just take synthetic hormone for the rest of my life and feel like shit, like all of my female patients did, many of whom had this diagnosis already. No, thanks. Um, yeah. And I didn't know, you know, then there was the wild unknown, right? So the road path, and I didn't know it was down that path. I just knew I didn't want to go. conventional route. I could have prescribed myself, you know, and written my own prescriptions for the rest of my life and called it a day. And I wasn't, I wasn't willing. And uh, at the same time, somebody, a colleague gave me a book called anatomy of an epidemic by Robert Whitaker, who is an investigative journalist. And she said, you know, Kelly, like you prescribe these meds, not only to regular old people, but specifically to pregnant women. So you must really believe that these meds are, are a good idea. You know, what do you think of this book? and because i had already engaged my own health journey and decided like i was going to go another way um i consulted a very um erudite like intellectual naturopath and i started to understand that there are ways that i could you know rehabilitate my body that might get me out of jail free right like that might get mm-hmm. me out of this this diagnosis and that's what i wanted i wanted out um and at the same time, I'm reading this book, and it's basically about how we as psychiatrists are um, perpetuating exactly that which we purport to resolve, which are these you know, so-called mental illnesses, all of them, from ADHD mm-hmm. to generalized anxiety to bipolar to depression and uh, even schizophrenia, and that it's actually the medications themselves that are driving the disabling epidemics of so-called mental illness the world over and rendering things like depression, the number one cause of disability worldwide. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: so I finished that book. I went through my experience. I put down, you know, my prescription pad and never started a patient on medication again, ever um, to this day. And I developed Mm -hmm. a lot of experience with what it looks like to come off these meds strategically um, even after 20, you know, five years or whatever. And, um, what it looks like to reintegrate with yourself, you know, body, mind, and spirit after a Mm -hmm. long period of time of self-suppression through, um, psychopharmacology. Um, and I also began to look at how and why, you know, illness occurs, what it's about, and that it has a natural course, right? So in in interventionist medicine, we never see that natural course. You never know what a UTI looks like or bronchitis looks like, let alone pneumonia or something like that, or suicidality. You never know what it looks like. And it really stems from our impatience, uh, our Hmm. fear and our need to control, right? So um, when we are kids and we start crying, what happened for most of us was stop crying. Here's the lollipop. Go calm down. I'm not talking to you till you shut up. Like whatever, some form of domination and authoritarian imposition on our felt experience and its validity, right? And Mm -hmm. so we never learn. That's why many of us, if we men and women alike, if we start crying, we feel like, oh my God, I might never literally stop. Mm. right? Why do we have that? That's a crazy thing to think and feel and be afraid of. Right. But we often have that at a certain point in our development as adults because we've never experienced the natural arc. We've never been supported by our parents to see, you know, as kids, to see that, oh, yeah, you start crying, then it gets really intense. There's a catharsis and you calm yourself down and you might even be laughing in 10 minutes. Right. So that arc is unknown to us. So we continually interfere with it at the early stages. And this is exactly how we treat anything that feels adverse anything that feels scary it's the relationship of a control-based life that is fundamentally disconnected from the feminine energies of emotion of movement of dynamism of creation even you know this is what we do to childbirth Mm -hmm. as well it's managing controlling and directing in ways that are inferior to what would naturally be available through the organized intelligence of a certain kind of um an arc of expression so you know that was those are my humble beginnings and from that you know place of really committing to uh learning about the human experience without pharmaceutical intervention i i learned a lot you know i learned a lot uh, spiritually and i didn't i was not like a spiritually oriented person at all i was an atheist my entire life belligerent one actually um and you know i started to then encounter what is often referred to as the dark night of the soul and i went through many many deaths and rebirths um over the past i would say like 13 years or so and uh really led me to where I am, you know, now, which is really to focus on this through line of reclamation. Like, what is it to really own yourself? What is it to walk with sovereignty, you know, in all these different dimensions of your life?
0: Yeah. And I I really like that you, you hit on, so in that spiritual realm, you hit on that throat chakra and I want to kind of back up to that for a second. So, so women have been uh, oppressed for so long. So the throat chakra is a big one for women. They hold, they hold their voice back, which creates a lot of dissension uh, within them chemically. And that causes a lot of problems. And we've seen that from numerous uh, doctors talking about how they can show that through other modalities. Alyssa VD is one of the big ones who started doing that and going like holistic on her approach with hormones. And then with men, though, there is this same component with um, really emotions. And, and I like that you touched on that. So I wanted to explore that a little more with you, especially Uh, as men being always referred to as anger and driven through those types of emotions that are completely negative. But do you believe it's really that they're holding that back or they just don't know how to convey it? And then how can we get them to adjust that and then potentially optimize their body?
2: Wow, this is such an important question. Um, (laughs) So I've become, you know, very interested in, in, you know, Parental woundology, right? And specifically, mother wounds and father wounds, and how it is that we carry these patterns of learned defenses into our adulthood, even beyond the time that they are serving us any longer, right? And that's no. what illness is it's like an intrapsychic conflict um, that expresses through the body to really get your attention and bring to your awareness that something is out of alignment in your lived experience and your carried beliefs. Um, and in your patterns and habits of being, right? So I'm a big, um, I don't wanna say proponent, that's the wrong word, but I am a big believer that men have been set up to fail. And mm. one of the ways that they have um, been set up to fail is by mothers who castrate them. And you know, this mm. this is something that is often discussed in the Freudian literature. Um, Alexander Lowen writes a lot about the role of, um, you know, shame around our sexuality and how it comes up in these triangles early in our life. You know, where we um, identify with our same-sex parent in desire for our opposite sex parent. And our basic vital force is something that we're shamed for, whether it's literally you're caught masturbating or whether it's just like jumping on the couch, right? Like your energy is something that your impulses, your animal nature is something that you are told is bad and wrong, you need to control and hide. And, you know, many of the ways that this affects men is like this chain um, that has been handed down because women feel unsafe with the masculine, right? Mm-hmm. As uh, the ways that we are obviously out of balance within ourselves and then in complementarity. And we, when women have sons, they need those sons to conform to their own emotional safety standards. And this is where you get the parentified son who is functioning as the best friend, functioning as in many ways, like the lover partner um, to the mother and the caretaker. And that boy grows into a man Who has been told that his animal nature, right? That his raw force is scary, problematic, and should be mitigated and controlled and hidden, right? So Mm -hmm. he should say what? He should appease mommy. He should please mommy. And if he doesn't guess and dance around like, you know, a circus pony um, in time, then she's going to punish him. And so Mm -hmm. there is this like, this fear that men grew up with that they can be consumed by feminine energy, right? So there's a lot of like pushing away and boundaries and like, you know, this sort of like, not too much woman please, you know, Um, because their mothers did that, right? It was only the mother's reality that was allowed and the child's reality was subsumed into it. And of course this goes, you know, across genders, but, you know, I think this is a very specific dynamic because, (laughs) How do you win, right? Like all women are saying is like, where are all the men in the world, right? Like where are the alphas? And then the moment we encounter that energy, we're like terrified. We can't handle it. We don't want it. And and what happens when Mm -hmm. we're unsafe? We start to micromanage and we start to control and we start to do what we're really good at, which is manipulating, right? And (laughs) again, this this cuts both ways, but it's a very common dynamic that I see and part of how. I have a lot of compassion um for for men because there is really no way for y'all to win, right? Like if you express yourself in your full animal nature, you take control. You take the direction of, you know, you gu- you guide the ship. You make the decisions. Um you become protector provider. We are not attuned as as women. Um to know how to submit to that with reverence and devotion. We're not attuned to know what to do with that um, in a way that requires that we cross this threshold of trust, really Mm -hmm. trust and surrender, right? And so because of that sort of like fear that's reverberating between us, you might default to self-suppression as a man, um, to hiding, right? And to otherwise just appeasing, but what appeasing is on both ends is just betraying yourself, right? Because yeah. when you're meeting another's needs before you're meeting your own, you're betraying yourself. You're abandoning your own post, and so we're in a we're in a bit of a mess. And I think that the the experience and expression of emotions. I'm a big believer that that you know intra gender um, support is needed, right? You should take mm-hmm. your emotions, your struggles your situation to your men Mm. not to your woman this is my opinion um relationship dynamics right and i should take my stuff primarily of course we deal with it first ourselves and then to my women Mm -hmm. and what i can offer you i'm a huge david data fan i don't know how you feel about his work but you know what i can offer you in in relationship and in dynamic and this is not just romantic although it's it's much more relevant. There is the real time movement of emotion through my body. And you have to be unafraid of that, right? You have to be able to hold that and handle that, which you'll only be able to do if you've healed that mother wound. If you've come to understand, Mm. never make mommy happy, you will never be good enough. Right. And you just kind of get comfortable with never, ever getting to the point where you're good enough right? Never, ever getting to the point where the job is done of satisfying mommy, right? And that inner work, when you bring that inner work to dynamics with women is a totally different thing because you trust yourself. Finally, you know, that you've got you, you know, that you don't actually require, you know, her attention even, right? you love it, but you don't actually require it. And so this liberates you to know what to do with your own emotions, when to speak, what, when to, you know, you know, you become your own uh, inner guidance system. And that none of that happens when we're in these trauma bonds of doing it the old way we did it as, as kids. So, you know, that's a a long-winded answer to, I think, a very relevant dynamic that's really coming up for transformation right now in society, because it is, you know, I used to be a belligerent, nasty, honestly, feminist, and I hated men for most of my life. Mm. Um, And the truth is, that the fear underneath that hate and rage um, was that I would be killed for expressing myself and specifically expressing my sexual energy um, or integrating it into my being. And I only came upon awareness of that fear um, pretty recently in my life, honestly. And I probably have been projecting it all over the place, including on Big Daddy government and all of these things. (laughs) I imagine I need to protect myself against instead of getting down to the business of, you know, reconnecting to my intuition and creating the world that I want to live in. Right. So mm-hmm. that's when I stopped like fighting, begging for permission, giving my energy, you know, to the
0: yeah.
2: uh, controversies.
0: Well, I think there was some big points in what you just said. And one of the biggest ones is that, you know, when men are able to heal that mother wound, they can end up having in what I'm going to all, uh, I'll boil down to, I guess, my my interpretation was that, you know, when men can do that, they can actually have better connection with women in general. And then that's going to create better relationships. And so part of the question I would like to ask is also the fact that, you know, if we, how do we get men basically like you did to turn inward and be like, what am I actually projecting out so they can help themselves psychologically and then also help themselves emotionally and relationally?
2: I don't think it's something anyone can, you can't get a man to do anything. Anytime you're trying to That's get a man to do something, you're trying to outman them. Fundamentally, the <laughs> messaging is that they are inadequate, that they you know, are unworthy and no man responds to that, right? So, I mean, I think ideally um, you you get to a point where what you've been doing you know, getting the money, getting the girls, getting, you know, the esteem in your job or whatever it is, that grind finally starts to reveal its own bankruptcy. And you finally start to see like, if I just do this for the rest of my life, why don't I just check out now? Because it's missing something. It's missing something essential. And often what it's missing is that like the juice that a woman brings, right? It's missing that the gaze of admiration and appreciation that a woman Mm. to your experience. Um, And you can do it on your own to a certain point. And then if you want to be in partnership with a woman who offers you that gaze, right? Because I do believe it's the role of of a woman in a male-female partnership to offer unmitigated admiration, respect, trust, and that gaze of I am here to infuse you with my Shakti, right? Like that's what, mm-hmm. you, what you get. And your life only becomes enlivened because, because of that, right? So that dance is very sacred. Um, and you become eligible for that partnership when you begin you know, to interact with yourself that way, which means that you can be present to yourself, right? Present to yourself. And specifically present to yourself in these more masculine practices, like, you know, Vipassana or fasting or, you know, going into a cave for a week kind of a thing. Like, can you be with your damn self, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Without distraction, without uh, addiction, can you be, like, I just finished a water fast, uh, water only fast. And that was a very masculine practice, right? Where I was growing my own masculine container of simply being present to myself Without judgment, whatever came up. It was one of the hardest things I have ever done in my life, and it was how long did you do it for? Nine days, <laughs> nine days on. Oh, yeah. Wow. And and all of that is to say that healing my own inner masculine has required a lot of work. Um, and so you've got to get to the point where it's like, is this it? And then mm-hmm. turning inward is simply a matter of practicing with yourself how you want to be treated by a partner right? Treat Mm -hmm. yourself how you want to be treated by a partner. And then that dynamic will come in. At least that's my, my belief system, but, you know, learning how to be with your emotions and not feel afraid that you're going to be consumed or lost, um, in that emotional flow is it's really just a practice. It's a day-to-day practice where you get swept up and then you, you find that, awareness, right? That, that, that witness consciousness, you find that part of you that's watching connect to that part, bring that part online. And then there's some distance between you Mm -hmm. and you know, what data calls like the form of the feminine, like there's some distance between all of this, the touching, Mm -hmm. smelling, you know, anger and sadness and, you know, vomiting and shit of life, right? Like there's distance. And in that distance, you find your spine as a man. I think um, I sense because it's the same practice I engage, right? Like I create my own masculine container for myself in every little segment. Like I did it before, right? I said, how long are we on for? That's a way that I create a masculine container because once I know our agreements, once I know, you know, the nature of this structure, then I can let my feminine energy flow. And Mm. that's true for I think every person, right. It's just a matter of like, what do you want to be your dominant energy? I would like my dominant energy to be my feminine energy. I'm a feminine essence being. So I have to set up circumstances where that part of me feels accommodated and supported. Right. And part of me can come into dominance. If you're a masculine essence being, then you set up the circumstances for yourself. Maybe you need time alone. Maybe you need, you know, to be asked by, you know, somebody before you launch into a conversation about feelings or whatever, maybe you need this, maybe you need that. Like you start to learn what you need. You start to regulate the conditions of your environment. And then you start to really become your own ally so that the elements of you, um, all feel welcome and you're not projecting those onto somebody else and having that battle with them on the outside.
0: I feel men, like a lot of guys that I coach, a lot of men that I talk to, I feel that there's a there's a, there's a very big disconnect there. And the reason why I say that is because if we look at, let's say, for instance, roughly the self-development space is like 3% of the population and of that 3%, maybe 0.5 is men. And so the predominant feature of this, because I deal with a lot of guys who are part of that alpha lifestyle or that alpha mindset, they're so easy to want to, if they're going to step foot in any type of medical connection, they're willing to accept medicated um, medicated assessment and medicated Uh, solutions to what is perceived to be an issue with emotions or an issue with connection with self right so they're willing to accept that or they're willing to self medicate with alcohol or drugs, because that's easier than confronting the holistic way of saying hey how do I really reconnect with myself. And so is there a modality? So th- there's no overall, like, I, I'm not expecting you to give like, yeah, Johnny, here's one thing that's always going to work for every guy and it's going to flip them like a switch. But is there a modality that you see that, that has been really effective to maybe even start people on that path of saying, oh, there is this different way of doing it. And there's a way that I can heal myself, my body, my soul, my emotions, and actually stay away from these things that are causing, you know, detrimental impacts to everything in my life, including my body.
2: I mean, it's such a good point, right? Because the wounded masculine requires a quick fix because he cannot be with the discomfort of incompletion, cannot be with the discomfort of, um, you know, the what ifs around what would happen, you know, if Mm -hmm. actually not taken immediately. And I, I know, I know this from my own wounded masculine very well. And, and fundamentally that wounded masculine does not trust,
1: Mm. does not
2: trust in the feminine unfoldment right so when you're when you've got your your inner masculine unlock, you have such certainty and knowing that everything is fucking cool (laughs) you know everything is going to be exactly how it needs to be because you also trust your discernment you trust your inspired action you know that you're going to take action when you need to and you just have this like laser focus that no one can perturb right that is not available when we're in these more immature stages. And we just need a quick fix because we literally can't hold in our body uncertainty. We literally can't hold in our body fear. We literally can't hold the what ifs. So Mm. when you're feeling something's wrong with my body, with my, you know, I'm not sleeping. I I can't focus. I uh, feel, um, God, like this wet blanket, heavy, heavy blanket of like hopelessness all around me. Um, And you don't, you're not yet ready to turn towards that with curiosity and inquiry and an investigative intention to learn about what is up with you, right? Because you don't know that these feelings are never going away until you Mm -hmm. get to relate to them, right? You can stuff them. And trust me, as somebody who took women off of meds that they've been on for 25 years, they're waiting right at the door. And louder. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So if you know that there's no quick fix, there is no magic pill, there is no escape hatch, then Mm. you have only the option to pull up your, you know, man britches and walk (laughs) through the fire.
1: Grab your nuts.
2: Literal, (laughs) grab your nuts and start walking one foot in front of the other. That is literally your only option. And to trust that when shit falls apart, when it all goes down, It had to Mm. right trust that sometimes destruction is a part it's an essential part of growing and expansion so it makes a lot of sense right that you're like oh these annoying symptoms here's the quick fix pill i just show up at cvs that's cool no need to talk about this and honestly like i think it's it's not necessarily an unhealthy thing that men are reluctant to like spill their guts to some random stranger right or that they no. don't really feel inclined to take orders you know from some therapist or to follow some program or whatever. I, I think that can actually be very healthy because the self connected to self-direction um is a it's essential. and it's also important that it not feel challenging to you know your your ego or your manhood to learn from others mm-hmm. that can come from a place of like fragile um construction of your sense of self so i think it's really just obviously that's why i have a book with an exploding pill on the cover you know like it's it's a matter (laughs) of recognizing that if it were that if there were such a quick fix great There just simply isn't and i think Mm -hmm. it's by design but there just simply isn't so once you learn the facts about you know the inefficacy of these meds the crazy adverse effects of these meds some of which are very long-lasting um you just like wouldn't wouldn't mess with that. So then what do you do? Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the first and simplest answer is to commit to the discipline of a contemplative practice every morning, right? And if that's literally setting a timer, I'm a big believer in the three minute start, like setting a timer for three minutes and just simply sitting with yourself for three minutes, but you do it every single day, Great. want to do a 15 minute you know um basic just sit there i'm not like no fancy methodology like just sit there because Mm -hmm. on a nervous system level that sends a signal to your you know um to to your you know sort of like inner animal alarm system to say oh well things can't be that bad and then over time, you might start to get those like little hits of clarity, right? That inspired action, that sense of like, okay, this is how I'm gonna resolve that, right? There are so many modalities. I mean, I am a huge, huge, huge fan of what's called parts work um, Mm -hmm. and specifically internal family systems, which was developed by Dick Schwartz. Um, And while we are not on the same page about many aspects of recent uh, events, I really think it's an incredible methodology because it teaches you to really begin to get to know all these different dimensions of yourself when things come up so that you can mm-hmm. start to see, like we have like a circus in here, right? It's like a yeah. lot going on in here and you can learn to take the wheel. So you become the one who's driving and all of these parts feel they have a seat in the car, but you're the one who's driving. Right. It's not your like rageful tantruming six year old self who's still upset that like, you know, your your mom chose, you know, to give attention to her boyfriend over you or whatever, um, because so much of the reactivity. Right. So the hysterical male archetype um, that is actually very present in the activism space right now and elsewhere so much of that reactivity is it's just old like it's childhood mm. stuff that has nothing to do with what's happening in the moment so this is one of the modalities i feel is really practical there's a lot of people trained in it um you don't do it forever you just kind of get the hang of it i like it it works for me mm. i it all the time um but i think it can start much simpler i think reclaiming the power of commitment and discipline is very essential and consistency, right? So when yeah. you can commit to something, I have a, a 44 day program and it's very masculine container. It's like, this is how you do it. Can't hack it, get out,
1: right?
2: <laughs> so like that. And you know what? It works. And that's how I ran my private practice. I was like the the a father archetype, not a mother. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. so, and the, the father looks upon you and says, you can do this. You think you can't, you can't mm-hmm. do it. It's a kind of like you stress, like like EU stress. It's like a good stress that brings you out of the confines of your fear so you can step into a larger expression, but it requires commitment, discipline. And of course, you're exercising that power of choice. You're saying, This is my choice. I have choices here. And then you start to get the sense on a nervous system level, oh, I have choices. That must mean I'm safe. As long as I have choices, I'm in my power. Everything is okay.
0: Yeah. No, that's beautifully said. And I think that's a great place to start for guys. It's one of those things where, you know, we always have to really find the, th- this is the the main piece that I find with guys is they don't know where to start. They see something and they're like, well, dude, how do I start that? How do I get on this path? Or how do I, how do I have these conversations with myself? Or where do I go find these things that tell me that, you know, holistic way of, of reactivating my own biology is actually a better way than going to pharmaceuticals. Right. And so that's another piece I kind of want to di- dive into as we're kind of getting toward the end of this is that, you know, a lot of listeners here are veterans and law enforcement and, you know, first responders. And when they trans- transition out of those jobs, they're, they're doing, you know, psychological evaluations with doctors that are from the VA or from somewhere else. And a lot of times they're just saying, open your mouth, we're going to throw these pills, that's your correct dosage, and you take that out and then just live that life. And it's creating a big problem, especially in the veteran community. I see it all the time. And guys just want to know how to get away from it um, because it's causing a lot of depression, anxiety, sadness. Uh, It's causing health issues, overweight, everything else. You know, you can name it. And I'm sure you've heard a lot of this stuff. And uh, a lot of the guys listening are probably like, yeah, Johnny, like, where do we go? Like, how how do we buy into this? How do we buy into this approach that there's something different that we can pull ourselves off this and still feel safe around our families? Because I think some of them feel like, especially when it comes to PTSD and things like that. They're like, is my family safe when I'm off these meds? Like, can I trust myself? But I think they can. And I think that they can be very safe in, in the way that they deal with themselves emotionally and mentally. But I think there needs to be somebody out there like you saying, hey, there is a method you can do this with and there are things that you can do to help yourself that aren't going to cause you know, long-term issues for you. So if there's anything, I don't know if you have anything on that. And I know that like PTSD may not be like where you focus any of your practice, but it's something that's very important to the community that listens to this podcast. I'd love to get your insight on that.
2: Oh my God. I love this question. Um, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I worked in the VA and in, in my training in New York um, you know, oh, wow. for eight years, my dad's a veteran and um, I have a lot of yeah insight even through his experience. Of exactly what you're describing, which is like it's this very like well-intentioned support system that ultimately just creates dependency, addiction, and disempowerment um, uh, yeah. in, the, in these you know in these vets, let's say. And so I think that part of it is the fundamental belief framework that your symptoms are non-random, uh, that your symptoms actually have a special embedded invitation to bring you back into your power, right?
1: Mm. What
2: man, what human does not want to be in their power? If you cannot trust yourself without pharma, you cannot trust yourself. And guess what? Nobody else can trust you either, right? So it's all an illusion. Mm. It's all an illusion. And it's like this, this surrogate fake version of control and safety that's the same as like, thinking you have mastered the experience of being in a human body by like sanitizing your hands and vaccinating the shit out of yourself. And like, what—that that is not it. <laughs> That's not it folks. Like what's it to oh. come to a place where you actually are totally aligned with this. You never get afraid of it. You trust it completely. You know, the language of your body and you understand that there is a reason that you are having the symptoms you're having. When mm. you find that meaning, the suffering is over when you find the meaning. So how you find the meaning, whether it's because you change your diet and I'll talk about like the order of operations I recommend, but because you change your diet and everything goes away, oh great, that was the meaning. I just needed to get my body into better physiologic balance. Or whether you understand when you are exposed to certain patterns of trauma that mimic what you were exposed to as a kid, your body responds a certain way and your mindscape is simply there to protect you. Right. And that is what we call so many of the symptoms of things ranging from, you know, depression and anxiety to psychosis. So the concept of really taking advantage of the opportunity to align with your own power and to finally get to a place where you've got you. Right. And mm. you can trust you um, is essential. It's essential for men and it is not on offer through the allopathic system it's simply not for sale there (laughs) just not so there is there is in my opinion zero possibility that you can open up a pill bottle every day with your name on it that is programming you to believe something is wrong with you and that you can get to a place where you actually love and trust yourself enough to hold that space for others in your community your family and in your partnership Mm. literally not possible Right. That's like saying, I'm going to make sure the conditions of my rape are really loving and sensual.
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> right. It's a, it is fundamentally a violation that you're colluding with. And we yeah. do for a really good reason because we want to find the quick fix. We want yeah. to feel taken care of our child self and parts, you know, really want to believe that there's a good daddy and mommy out there who has all the answers and who knows how to make things stop feeling bad. Mm hmm. Not that way. It's time for us to adult, right? It's just time for us to grow up and to take responsibility and recognize that only we can sort ourselves out. And that doesn't mean you don't get support. It doesn't mean you don't have like minds and experts, you know, you consult. That's fine. But it's the energy of there's nothing wrong with me. I am not damaged and broken. And in fact, I'm going to alchemize this into power. Mm-hmm. So I am a believer in an order of operations. So while I think 100% of what we deal with is trauma informed at this stage in our human development, um, everything we call our personality, our habits of you know thought, our behaviors, our relationships, all the things we hate about our life come from the familiar patterns that now actually we get a lot of satisfaction and even enjoyment out of subconsciously um, of our childhood, right? Mm -hmm. While I believe in all that. I don't think that's where you start. Honestly. I think the best place to start is regaining connection with the power of your choice through lifestyle change. And that's why, you know, in my books and in my program, I I advocate for just give it a month, give it a month and go in big, like get hardcore about your lifestyle choices, clean up your diet. Of course, I have like, you know, my specific recommendations for that and opinions, but whatever, clean up your diet, right? Clean up your, your local environment, right? What, what are you consuming? What products are you consuming? You're going to go to the supermarket. You're going to buy detergent. You have a choice to buy this one or the one, you know, without the chemicals, you have a choice, right? So get conscious about what you're buying. You know, what is the water you're drinking? And then what are your habits? Like, what time are you going to bed? How are you actually like creating the conditions for your nervous system to chill out? And Mm -hmm. that can happen really quickly. It can happen in one month of commitment, like no bullshit, no cheating, do it. When you're ready for that one month, you will see that your nervous system comes online. Your regenerative capacity starts to, you know, take command and things shift and change literally before your eyes, your symptoms shift and change. And this is even if you're on meds. So I took everyone through this protocol on meds. Yes. I never touched their meds before they had this protocol under the belt because I learned the hard way when I did that. It was a mess. So Uh, I learned that first, this first, this, then from that platform coming off of meds is available. You know, getting to a place where you look at your challenges and experiences of adversity differently is available. Quitting the job, leaving the marriage, you know, having that hard talk with your dad. Whatever. All of that becomes available when the white noise of just feeling like shit all the time starts to quiet because you're balancing your physiology. And then you'll progress because then you'll start to know, you know what? Whatever happens, I've got me. Mm. And that inner okayness is in my definition, sovereignty, right? When you can make consistent contact with that inner okayness, no matter what is going on in your world, literally, you are And now Mm. before you can have all the rights, you know, you want. And if you can still get your pennies in a bunch over, you know, losing money, losing a job, losing a woman, you're not free. You're still sourcing. You're still sourcing from outside of yourself, things that can be sourced from within. And that reconnection, whatever your belief system is, that is reconnecting with God. That is reconnecting with the divine. That is reconnecting. With that which is bigger than you. And until we restore that connection, which is when we learn how to work with our energy of power as a collaborative, you know, directive, growth oriented vector instead of power over, right? Instead of one that is domination, control, and, you know, sort of like authority, fear based, we can't make that transition without a connection to something bigger. Cause otherwise, oh, wow. why would we ever trust that it's gonna be okay? Why would we ever trust that there's order inherent in this experience? Why would we ever trust that there's meaning, right? It's it's reconnecting to the, the lived belief that we are in a benevolent universe. We chose, mm-hmm. we want this. It's all perfect. It's all good. And I don't say that tritely, you know, like Hallmarky at all. I say it because when I forget that, when I lose that connection, I feel stressed. I feel overwhelmed, and my inner masculine is like, "I want out. This is all too much. Mm-hmm. Right? The form is too much. Get me into the void, right? And yeah. and that is because there's a disconnection, right, from that greater energy, whatever it is that you want to call it.
0: Mm, That's beautifully said. And I like the order of operations. It gives them something to follow and break down. And like, not just, you know, most people being like, well, first come off the meds. You're like, no, 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 let's get you cleaned up first and then come off those. That way you do feel that connection to yourself. You do have that safety net there that you can trust yourself because you've been on some form of accountability and integrity for a little while to then step off the meds. It's beautiful. And I think a lot of guys will really resonate with that. This has been an amazing conversation, um, Kelly. This has been awesome. And I wanted to just have you give a little snippet about your book, Own Yourself, real quick for everybody. We're gonna link everything in the show notes. Um, we got a description about it there. But if you can just tell everybody in a synthesized fashion, you know, what is it that they're getting into if they buy your book?
2: Mm-mm. So I wrote this um and published it just pre-pandemic, which is interesting because it became very relevant, <laughs> very good.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes, it did. <laughs> yeah. And
2: it's, it's really just the same order of operations, right? So I, I broke it into three parts get real, get well, get free. The getting real part is like if you need science, if you need information, if you are somebody who wants to mind down, right? Like get into the thought realm and then impact the possibilities that become available um, in your lived experience. That's how I'm built. And I, you know, I, I provide all of the, not all, but I provide a good argument um, around the myths surrounding um, medications, but not just psychiatric medications. I feel this way about all medications. Um, You know, I raise my kids in a, we live in a pharma-free household. We're doing great. (laughs) You know, like it's, it's just a mindset shift and it doesn't need to be dogmatic and rigid. It's just a mindset shift. And actually Mm -hmm. the great benefit of marinating in this science that says, you know, we've been sold a bill of goods about these meds, what they do, um, what they can do, and how they do it. Um, once you get into that space, like you stop being afraid. And mm. somehow you have a different relationship to what we call like symptoms, illness, and even disease. So that's the get real part is just like re-brainwashing yourself. The get well part is like the action steps I talked about. My entire protocol is in there. If you want to do it yourself, of course, we have it, you know, in community Based um, or you know, online program as well. And then the get free part is like, how do you begin to do this work that we talked about of reparenting yourself, of healing, you know, those those inner parental wounds? And how do you begin to actually, you know, reunite with your body as an instrument of consciousness, you know, where your body is actually how you how you become aware of what you would otherwise not be aware. It is your yes, it is your no. Um, it tells you, you know, when you're aligned and when you're not, and Mm. you, you really um, become allies um, with your body. And only when you learn to start to feel emotions without suppressing them and needing to hide from them. And that's an initiation, you know, like I said, with that fast that I did, it was an initiation for me because I would have otherwise, I mean, I've been running myself from myself my entire life, you know, with podcasts and books and productivity and you know, TV and conversations and whatever, just food, just literally right. like any way, but being just with me in quiet, like that was, I had to break through, you know, this, this glass ceiling into the space of like, oh, it's okay. You know, right. it's actually, okay. I'm still alive. And it, it's not actually as bad as I thought it would be. Um, you know, and I met this part of me that was like, This is life is too much, you know, and that part of me has probably been pulling the strings between, you know, behind like the bar of chocolate I eat every day or whatever, Um, you know, just make that, make that pain go away. But when you go into it, you really just courageously go into it. You even let it get bigger. It has an arc always. It always has an arc, right? There's a beginning, middle, and end. So, yeah. So that's all, that's all in there and uh, is of service.
0: I love it. I highly recommend the book. It's amazing. and yes, the pandemic did bring uh, a big spotlight to it, but it was a it was a much needed um, piece of literature that was put out especially during the last couple of years. So everybody kind of moving in that direction now it's just I highly recommend you guys read this for all my guys out there that need a place to start. this is definitely a book to pick up because it's got that scientific balance to it and men really need science. we <laughs> we don't trust anything without science. so uh, but it's a it's an amazing book. Oh, well, Kelly, this has been an amazing conversation. I really enjoyed spending time with you today. Um, Everybody listening, everybody check out Kelly's books. Make sure you guys are following her. Check out what program she has. You are awesome. Amazing. I love the light you're putting into the world. And to everybody listening, as always, remember to drop the ego and stay humble. Until next time, guys.